Hello and welcome to the GX podcast, the world's first podcast focused on government services and their future. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to government excellence, government service design and delivery, GovTech, and citizen engagement. Join us for insightful interviews and conversations every month. Visit us online at gx.ae. Welcome to this episode of the GX Podcast. My name is Ian Khan. I'm your host, and I'm here with Dr. Jonathan Reichenthal, author of the best-selling book, Smart Cities for Dummies, ex-CIO of the city of Palo Alto, CEO of Human Futures, and so much more. Jonathan, welcome to the GX Podcast. Hey Ian, how's it going? It's going great. Good. So we're here at the World Government Summit 2022. Uh, we have the top people in governments across the world congregate here for the next two days yep. to talk about innovation in government, the future of government, uh, what are the challenges with government, and everything else, right? I want to talk to you about the next 50 years of government, government services, service delivery, and where are we headed. Tell me your vision. 50 years from now, <laughs> what are we looking at? Well, it's a great to be here at this event, and I'm so glad that it's held in Dubai every year. It's an important event. Uh, it's an important forum for big thinkers and folks who do stuff to get together and share their best practices and learn. You know, this is really important. We need more of this. Um, I'm here to do a talk about the world in 2050 and uh, you know, the kinds of things that I'm anticipating we'll see. When we go out 50 years, which is longer than 2050, of course, you know, we get into a very gray area. So I'm going to take you a little bit more towards 2050, which is about 28 years yep. from now, right? And my thesis is that the data shows that humans are moving into urban centers at a very rapid rate, about 3 million people per week, actually. Wow. And this will continue for, for the next few decades. Uh, by 2050, we're at about 70%, maybe even more, of the planet is urban. So people born into the 21st century pretty much are going to be uh, born in cities, live out their lives, you know, work, raise families in an urban context. Um, it's also cities where we see the, uh, where we're seeing the, the, the uh, inputs that are providing some of the challenges we have around climate change which through this century is going to be one of the great challenges of humanity, right? Um, so you've got a sort of a convergence of where are the humans, where are we? We're in cities. Uh, where are the challenges? Well, we're, they're created in cities. Well, we're only going to solve them in our cities then. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a role for the, for the towns and villages in the rural areas, but for the most part, the centuries in cities. So my journey is and my vision to answer your question, what I think we're going, where we're going, is um, we've got to take a deep look at the way we're, we're building cities, the way we're running them. I mean, are we happy with how we move people and services and products around the place? Probably not. The car has been great for a lot of the last 100 years or so, but you know, we, we, we I think we need a different future than the sort of one person per car future or uh, current present we have. Then you look at energy, right? We, we know this. We've, we've all kind of agreed now that we can't keep using coal, gas, and oil mm -hmm. to power the uh, enormous appetite we have for, for urbanization. So the next few decades are about uh, super focusing on solutions about how we run our cities, 
in terms of these big areas, transportation, energy, healthcare, education, and much more. Yeah, so for governments, there is the, you know, the, the amount of people that they're serving, the number of citizens that they're uh, rendering services to on a daily basis is increasing at three million per week, right? Yeah. Based on what you're saying. And that puts a lot of pressure on the average government now to be able to have efficiency in that delivery, to have low friction, like all of these things need to be incorporated. How do you think technology is assisting this process for governments right now? And let's then talk about the future as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's been amazing to be involved in this very question and answering this question for the last 10 years or so. This has been a lot of my life. And you know, back in 2010, 2011, uh, not a lot of city leaders were talking about how do we use data to make a difference. Uh, they weren't talking yet about the Internet of Things and how we can use the sensorization of our communities mm -hmm. to improve air quality and water quality and traffic management, right? No, as, as the decade has progressed all through the 2010s right up to now, we're in 2022, there's been a real shift in the world. Uh, and you, know, you see it reflected here at the World Government Summit. Leaders are, have recognized and are increasingly recognizing all over the world that technology has a key role to play. Um, and so they've, they've kicked off these agendas, these technology agendas. Um, you know, they see technology not only as a way to uh, improve the quality of life for their cities and their communities more broadly, but how can technology also be a source of economic opportunity, right? And for example, the numbers are very positive on this. Um, when communities uh, embrace technology both to deliver better services, reduce costs, um, and try to use it to inspire economic benefit, um, we think the number of the next decade is going to be around $20 trillion yeah. with a T, yeah. right? So, so this is real change. Um, so cities are looking at digital infrastructure, making internet access uh, more broadly available, but not just internet access, fast internet access, right? You know, reliable, good quality internet access. We learned through the pandemic we don't have this, and we realized also how important it is. Um, so it is uh, becoming a better news story than it was 10 years ago. There's still some room to grow. You know, there's still communities that I visit and countries that I go to where the technology agenda is not yet a sort of in the top three priorities, and it needs to get there. Yeah. Um, societies like you see here in the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, you see it in, in parts of the United States, parts of Europe, mm -hmm. South America, various parts of the world who, when they start to really see the benefits, make the investments, create the conditions for education, yeah. uh, it's game changing. And you yeah. see it with your own eyes here in Dubai. Uh, I, I, I think we are, you know, it's, it, and I've been having a lot of different conversations here at the World Government Summit. So I want to focus a little bit towards technology. Sure. Uh, the discussions that I've had and things that I've heard are, some of them are as following. So it's artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. right? machine learning, NLP, uh, the whole stack, voice recognition. Uh, you, I haven't heard a lot about blockchain this time around, okay. but a couple of years ago it was all blockchain. Uh, but definitely, it is a technology that is significant in terms of the value it creates. Um, and then there's the other things, the analytics that we are not using, 
cloud, not all governments are on cloud. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the, the future technologies like the metaverse, right? Where everything is going to be virtual and you know we are expected to put on those uh, big clunky glasses of Arby, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I want to get your thoughts yeah. on what technology stacks are we underutilizing right now? And where are we headed or what should we do going forward, right? The next 28 years, if yeah. you will. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So what are we underutilizing right now? Well, in, in, in some ways you could say I'm using this uh, very you know, popular phrase, you know, the future is here, it's just not evenly distributed, mm -hmm. right? So in some places, people are thinking about the application of things like blockchain and metaverse. But in many places in the world, they're thinking about how do we get internet to people, right? Um, so you have to remember there's a broad spectrum of uh, maturity here, right? If you're lucky enough, if we're privileged, privileged enough to sort of say, hey, what's the role of metaverse in our community? Yeah. Uh, like they're doing, for example, in, in South Korea and Seoul, by looking at delivering services through a virtual world. Um, they're, in a, they're in the sort of the top percentile of fortunate places. A lot of the, lot of the world is not like that. So I do think we need to recognize uh, we need a much better um, baseline of, of connectivity. We need, uh, you know, our cities need to get that fiber in place, you know, the high-speed internet, uh, roll out 5G and begin thinking about, um, you know, other wireless technologies, including 6G, which will be uh, coming up in a, in a, in a, in a while. Um, we also need communities to understand the role of data. One of the things I discovered very early on in my public uh, sector career was governments have an abundance of data generally, yeah. generally. Uh, I have to recognize there are some communities where they don't have as much data, but overall, looking at the cities of the world, they collect in the course of doing work a lot of data, but they're not doing anything with it, yeah. or they're not taking advantage of that value. Um, having, for example, um, third parties build solutions that use that data yeah to answer questions yeah. uh, or to deliver, to deliver better services, right? Um, so I think a uh, lot of work to be done in both the digital infrastructure, that sort of architecture for connectivity, mm -hmm. and then the next layer, uh, data. <clears throat> in the blockchain question, which is, which is fascinating, uh, it hasn't stopped. It, it, it's in a place where we're still figuring it out, and it has to be a solution to a problem, not a solution looking for yeah, a problem, yeah, right? Yeah. So we, we need to actually apply it in, in a city or in a government context where it makes a lot of sense. We, have, we see cases of that. But what's really got interesting recently is governments thinking about how do they manage a world of cryptocurrency, right? An alternative yeah. financial system, if you like, and all that comes with it. So that's where some of the emphasis has uh, shifted. Now, metaverse, as you raise, it's obviously one of the hot words here in 2022. People are thinking about it. People are taking action. It's really, really early. Yeah. And that's OK. We, we need to have innovators and, and big thinkers uh, ask the tough questions and, and um, do things that are provocative that we wouldn't have thought about. Like, uh, you know, it, it, there's also another saying that, you know, uh, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it here, um, you know, the things that seem uh, reasonable and are taken for granted started off at seeming very crazy at the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, somebody comes up with an idea, everybody kind of says, mm, I don't know or no. But over time, we start to see the benefits of it. And, um, and, and who knows where something like uh, an immersive sort of virtual environment may play 
a role. I think we'll find, look, the marketplace is a great dictator of what happens, yeah. right? You know, if, if people don't buy into this, and I don't think we're wearing headsets, I really don't. Um, that's a personal opinion. Um, we'll need to see some other technology there. If people don't buy into it, this thing doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It has to solve real problems, has to work, and people have to accept it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, with, as always, I mean, throughout the ages, let's say the last 10, 15, 20 years, we've heard many different things about technology. It was big data, then it became IoT. So I, I, I think the hype kind of goes up and down, yeah. but that doesn't negate the fact that we absolutely can utilize technologies to do many different things, and we're not using all of these technologies to do the things that we need to do. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about government services, government service delivery. In this future that you are talking about, let's say 20, 25, 28 years from now, how do you see the friction between government services and delivery between people and governments? What do you see in an ideal world? Well, it, you know, the, the, the future is always a little unpredictable. It's seldom a straight line. But you know, when you try to make predictions, you're, you're, you're trying to use some inputs. Um, you're sort of saying, it, all things remaining equal, this is yeah. the way things will trend. Um, I always say throw in a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing that's most predictable over the next 28 years will be the fact that we will have surprises, right? Mm -hmm. which, is, mm -hmm. which is not how we necessarily think. Um, we, government has to go through and is starting to go through a digital transformation, much like the private sector. And digital transformation isn't you take an analog service and you make it digital. It's not like you take a form and you make that form digital. That's one kind of flavor of it. Digital transformation in government means thinking completely different and reinventing how you deliver government every yeah. single day, yeah. right? We, we still have a, a sort of a 20th century mindset yeah. when it comes to delivering services. Yeah. You know, the, the citizens should make all the effort to go, to go to a building, fill out forms, yeah. you know, go home, come back, all that sort of stuff. Um, we also have a high emphasis on high touch. So you, know, you, you, you complete some paperwork, uh, you send it somewhere, and it's probably reviewed.